and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I'll give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interest, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to Michael Long. He is an advocate, inspirational speaker, and he is the author of A Life Like Anybody Else, How a Man with an Intellectual Disability Fulfilled His American Dream. And I would say that that book title just gives a good introduction to Michael and and what we're going to talk about today. So Michael, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story? Okay. Um, Hi, my name is Michael Long, and I... uh, um, grew up in a city called Red Bluff, California, and I grew up on the farm. Um, we had prunes, almonds, and walnuts. And um, right now, all the almond orchards and prune orchards got taken out because of the age of the trees. And so we just replanted them into walnuts. So now we're just a walnut farmer. Um, and so uh, I grew up um, in a family that um, in a family that was very supportive. Um, and I think that what made a difference in my life um, because I had parents that who believed um, that I could be successful and um, being able to um, being able to make it in in life um, and so um, I was one of the, I I was the first one in the state of California to go to a um, public school system with a developmental uh, disability. And um, one of the things that um, happened in California, why was I the first one? is because um, people with developmental disabilities um, did not go to school or they went to a school in a situation with people with all different types of developmental disabilities. And so I went ahead and... um, Oh, California went ahead, the legislation or legislators uh, went ahead and passed a law in 1974 in California that all people with uh, developmental disabilities can go to school, schools. And, um, and so um, that was the reason why I was one of the or the first one to go to a, a, a public school because of my parents in the situation and believing in um, believing in that I can be able to uh, succeed in the public school system. Um, one of the things that I had a kindergarten teacher that who really believed in me and told my parents that whatever you do, don't send Michael um, to a segregated school with people with developmental um, disabilities uh, or Uh, He deserves to be able to go to school um, where you choose in the situation um, for him to be able to go and learn uh, and be productive in society. Um, 
one of the things that um, my father, he was the one that who uh, really uh, made a difference and paved the way for me. And how he did that is he got on the school board uh, and being able to uh, uh, being able to protect my education and being able to make sure that I succeed in, in the school system. Um, one of the things that, um, that um, I um, always hated in the situation is um, when I was in first grade, I was pulled out to see um, once a quarterly uh, in in the year of being able to um, see a, psychi a, a psychologist and being able to see how I can be able to learn in the classroom. And so one of the things that I... Um, hated was um, I always had to put these blocks in order and everything. And I always wanted to be able to throw those blocks out the window because uh, um, I always hated to be time to be able to complete the uh, tasks that I needed to be able to do and so um i'm giving you a little background of the book in the situation right now i'm not going to tell you the whole story <laughs> about the book but uh, i think there's a couple of points um that i would think that is important to be able to I uh, hit on and uh, the first grade psych psychologist um, 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 was one of the things that I talk about in the book. Um, and so, um, and second grade is um, one of the most difficult years in my life um, because one of the things that happened is I thought I wanted to be able to get married. I had a crush on the second grade um, person in the class. And so I thought that I was going to get married um, one day and so one of the things that happened is uh, this is the short version of the story. Um, um, one of the things that happened is uh, the teacher got involved in the situation. Uh, after I gave flowers and a toy uh, ring from a gumball machine, um, and I um, went ahead and um, uh, the teacher got involved and asked the principal to be able to cover the class for she could come out and talk to me out on the slab area of the class where the classroom was at. Um, and so I... Um, went ahead and um, she asked me, well, do you know what marriage is all about? And I said, no, not really. And so she uh, said, well, it's about love, commitment, understanding, give and take, and um, support. And she said, there's something else that is most important of all in the marriage and that is you gotta have money and so um one of the things that she said is that you are too mentally retarded you never get married 
in your life. And so that created a big belief system inside of me that where it really has affected my life in the situation associating with women and um, associating with with man, men um, in the situation of uh, throughout my life. Um, and so uh, it's a daily task in the situation of of um, of being able to accept myself that who I really am. Um, and I think I've done that um, um, because of my job that I had and uh, I'll get into little detail about that in a second. And um, I um, had, again, I had a lot of family support um, of being able to feel good about myself and being able to um, try to be able to make a difference in other people's lives and, and being able to be successful. Um, the in 1992, uh, I was uh, really lucky in the situation and landed at the right place at the right time uh, at a conference in Santa Barbara, California. And um, there was this gentleman that who was the director of a state agency here in California that um, that um, wanted to create the first time in America to be able to have a person with a developmental disability to be a governor appointee to be a liaison between the department and the community and the governor's office. Uh, I did reports um, all the time um, for the governor. Uh, and that was Governor Pete Wilson, uh, who um, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to take a brisk and chant, who is a Republican and um, um, very conservative. And I was really surprised in the situation that the director really did a lot of work in the situation of convincing Governor Wilson to be able to have this position. So about um, um, on August 15th, 1991, I was uh, interviewed by the governor's office and it um, took quite a while uh, to be able to get the appointment approved and uh, being able to start a job um, at the department. In fact, one of the things that um, that I did is that I um, I moved in January to uh, be able to let them know that I'm very serious about this uh, position. And so I didn't have a job um, um, and I was living on social security and SSI at the time because of my intellectual disability. And, um, and so I um, was hired on 
April uh, 9th, uh, 1992. And I was there for 15 years. And I really was disappointed that I wanted to put in about 40 years um, of working for the department, but my health um, prevented that happening. And so, uh, um, so one of the things that um, I am retired now, and uh, I had three choices. I had this evaluation, mental health evaluation report um, done on me. In fact, one of the things is, is the final copy of the report was only 27 pages long, but the whole testing and everything uh, was 500 pages long. And so uh, there was a lot of, um, a lot of, in fact, I was there uh, testing from um, eight o'clock to five o'clock in three days. Um, and so it was a really intense uh, situation. And so um, I um, uh, had three choices. One was to resign and lose everything of health benefits and salary and all of that. Or the second choice, which I kind of wish that I would have done, and that is to take it to the state personnel board and fight for me to be able to stay on at the department. But why I didn't do that is because it would be just like resigning if I would have lost. I would have lost the, the case um, of being able to stay on. Uh, it would enough that I would lose uh, health benefits and um, salary and all of that kind of stuff. So the third choice was um, was um, to be able to retire and have health benefits um, of my whole life, um, the rest of my life. And uh, so I chose number three and I'm really happy that I chose number three, even though that I wish that I would have put in about 40 years uh, of work. Um, and one of the reasons why in California, if you put in 30 years or more, you would get your same salary as you would as you're working as retirement. And so um, I, I wanted to be able to have that um, opportunity. And I think one of the most important things to uh, educate uh, people that who are going to listen to this is um, it is really incredible in a situation that where I wasn't able to go to college because of my intellectual disability. I would never succeed in, in college um, and get a degree. And one of the things that happened is um, by the time that I uh, had uh, retired, I was making $50,000 a year um, um, and being able to um, succeed without a college degree, um, and um, and so um, one of the uh, things that why I say that is important is because. Um, People with developmental disabilities have dreams and 
one of the things that is important is um, yes, we have rights in the situation to be able to be a part of the community. But I always have said that people in the situation uh, get upset in the situation of advocacy in the way that we have rights and everything. Uh, and so it's really important with those rights that we have uh, that we carry through the responsibility of those rights. Um, and so um, if you need, if you have an intellectual disability and you need support uh, to carry through those responsibilities to be able to be successful, um, I think it is uh, important that um, you get that support to be able to be successful and um, being able to, I call it the welfare system, um, and the SSI and Social Security. Um, Social Security has different types of programs that where you can be able to work and you don't lose your Social Security. Um, and so um, um, there's a lot of people um, in the situation um, that um, uses those types of programs um, for Social Security. My belief system is, is we always hear that Social Security is going to run out one of these days. And so my belief system in the situation is, is being able to make sure that um, if you have the chance and opportunity to be successful with a uh, job out in society, um, that it is uh, important to recognize that um, if Social Security uh, goes under in the situation, um, uh, that, um, that you have a backup plan in being able to have a job and be successful. Um, I think one of the most also important things of being able to um, um, work um, is um, the productivity uh, in the situation of working gives you a lot of self-esteem in the situation of an individual with the intellectual disability. Um, so um, that's basically about work. Um, I think one of the things is, is that I need to be able to share that I did get married um, um, and um, I have to agree with, um, with the teacher in the situation. It's about a lot of love, commitment, and understanding the giving and taking in the situation. And uh, um, I was a workaholic. Um, so I traveled a lot throughout the state. And then one of the things that um, um, one of the things that um, I was able to do is get on a national board of employment opportunities for 
severe intellectually uh, disabilities. And so I was able once uh, every three months, we had three meetings a year or four meetings a year. I don't remember right offhand, but I was able to see part of the country because we had our meetings around uh, the country and the meetings last for um, five days, Wednesday through Sunday. And so it was a really intense uh, situation and a great big responsibility. And they wanted, um, they were looking at the board, uh, was looking at to have intellectual disabilities on their board. Uh, to be able to give input in as a person with an intellectual uh, disability. And so uh, I um, had a lot of fun. And one of the things that, because I was a workaholic and everything, it... Um, ruined my marriage in a situation. I didn't know how to balance my uh, work life to home life. Um, so I think that for those that are, are workaholics, I got some advice for you, and that is don't do it. It's not worth um being able to um being able to um um be gone all of the time um and and not have a successful marriage um uh, it's really important that you have the home home life. Um, we did not have any kids um, because my wife had epilepsy and there was a 80% uh, chance um, that when she was in labor, she could lose the child and I would also lose her in the situation. So, um, um, and so um, we um, decided to not take that risk in the situation. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's me. Um, so um, I think that's all I um, have to really share and, and uh, maybe if you got some questions in the situation, I could expand on what I have to say, but that's basically a background of who I am. Yeah, and I've really appreciated hearing all of the different things that you have been through throughout your journey so far. Um, to have had some negative reactions when you were a child, but to know that you've been surrounded by a very supportive family is truly great. Um, one of the questions, uh, and I know that you dive more into all of that that you just talked about in your book. Um, so one of my questions is, what made you decide to have a book about your story? Well... <laughs> Um, um, one of the things how that happened is, um, I went to an international, um, it's called People First, and it's supposed to be able to, um, recognize people with intellectual disabilities uh, and developmental disabilities um, that they're people first and uh, and their disability is second. And so that's what has 
helped me out a lot um, uh, being able to accept myself as a person and found my niche in the situation of what um, I needed to be able to do to be able to be successful in my life. And so anyway, I went to a, a conference, international conference of uh, people first. And um, there was this gentleman that who was a writer um, that I met at the conference. And so um, I wanted, I met him and um, I said, I would like to be able to write a book. And, um, and he said, uh, well, what, um, um, what do you, um, how do you think that, or, or no, excuse me, why do you want to be able to write a book? This is like what you're saying. And I said, well, the reason why is because I want to be able to educate people out in society that people with intellectual disabilities can be able to be successful and have American dreams also. And to educate teachers uh, of inclusion opportunities and being able to speak at schools um, of administration and teachers. And then hopefully they would have me come into the classroom and being able to make a difference in children of uh, being able to accept people with um, intellectual disabilities and have an inclusion opportunity to be able to um, grow and uh, have friends and, and uh, be like everybody else. And what do you think the best things to tell children are in terms of accepting people with intellectual disabilities and making sure that, yes, you know, they are a part of society? Well, I think that um, the most important message that I try to be able to get out there for uh, the children is being able to know that they're just like them, them, and um, and um, it is uh, important um, to be able to be a part of inclusion opportunities because it is a most powerful thing that when an uh, individual with an intellectual disability to be able to have their dreams come true. And I think one of the messages that I got across is that couple of things. One is when you grow up and get married, you could have a child with the intellectual disability. And so it's important to be able to make sure that when they're children and they interact with people with developmental disability, that prepares them as being parents in a situation in the new future of if they have um, inter intellectual disabilities. One of the things that 
I did in my speeches, especially at junior high, because that's where you really start associating with other people and making friends and and um, and and being able to interact with your friends and everything. And so um, I think there's a barrier in the situation, uh, especially with PE in the situation. Um, and that is where you have two captains in the situation and they pick the people um, uh, pick the people in the situation of, of who they want on their team if they were playing basketball or football or baseball or whatever the case might be. And so it was really um, important that um, where I said that um, you need to be able to not have captains and choose people because people with intellectual disabilities that are included always get chose last in the situation. And so how you prevent that um, from happening is you just go down one, two, one, two, all the ones in the situation, you're one team, all the twos in another team, and you uh, have an inclusive opportunity to make a difference in people's lives and being able to play sports. And I'm a big sports fan, as you probably could tell. I'm a big San Francisco Giants, 107 wins this year out of uh, 162 games. And they cremated the Dodgers, the rivalry last night in the first game that they ever played with each other in the playoffs. And so I was so herstatic that... Um, we won four to nothing last night, and and so uh, it's really important to be able to um, have inclusive opportunities at that age. Yeah, and I think that example you gave just in PE class is so useful and, and easy to do and would affect a lot of people um, who aren't getting picked first when it comes to, to team sports. Now, in your book, it does mention that I believe your parents were originally told you may never speak, which is obviously not what happened. Um, right. <laughs> so would That's you... true. <laughs> Would you be willing to talk a little bit about um, your disability and what sort of things you do struggle with? Because you you do speak, and that has been happening. Yeah. Well, one of the things is is uh, I think the doctor didn't know what he was talking about and what kind of commitment that my parents um, had. Um, uh, being able to make sure that um, um, that I uh, my parents uh, made sure that I uh, have the opportunity to speak. I remember that I hated it. Um, there was a time that where. Um, I went to uh, a little town called Chico, California, and it was rated in, back in 1989, the number one party school in America, and that is Chico State. And so um, one of the things that happened is uh, I didn't like the situation, and so 
my parents decided not to be able to spend the money uh, of sending me to a speech therapist when I was little in the situation. And, um, and so um, one of the things that happened is um, it created a lot of barriers between me and my classmates without intellectual disabilities. And that is where I left. There was a speech therapist in the situation uh, uh, at the school. And so I left the room in the situation and that created barriers of why is Michael going out of the classroom? Um, and so um, um, I uh, had a lot of speech therapists, uh, speech therapy. And then from first grade on uh, to, I think it was about sixth grade or seventh grade that where I went to my first um, grade teacher, Mrs. Bettman, and um, she, uh, um, I went to uh, uh, her house during the summer to be able to, for about two hours, to be able to make sure that I kept up during the summer years and being able to learn how to read and talk and 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 all of that kind of stuff. So as you can see, I had very strong parents in the situation of wanting me to be able to learn how to talk and learn how to be able to walk and uh, and uh, um, and so I uh, um. I I always loved Mrs. Bettman, um, and so it was something that um, I always enjoyed during the summer years, um, um, or summertime during the years of of summer. Um, so yeah, that's. That's how that happened. And so you mentioned the farm growing up and how things changed there. So are you still on the farm? Um, I was on the farm. I was living uh, at home um, for 23 years. And I think I mentioned this in the book also that where when I was 23, I made the big first move out of my life. And I had a friend that who wanted me to um, be able to, he lived on the peninsula of San Francisco. So I got to go to a lot of Giants games and, uh, and um, be a cold, windy candlestick park that where they play that and everything and um uh, and so um i um um got a job as um uh, uh as um a person that who worked in the animal hospital that um being able to feed them and, and clean the kennels. And uh, I got to help out on uh, x-rays and um, when my work was done and they had um, 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 some animals that need x-rays and everything. So I helped out and watched how that is performed. And then uh, the most exciting thing about that job was um, being able to go in and watch surgery and uh, a lot of blood <laughs> and, uh, 
And so uh, I didn't have any problems uh, fainting because of the blood and everything. And so I, um, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's, that's great. Now, before I start to wrap things up, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? Yes, I think in that uh, it is important to people that who are going to listen to this is um, to be able to understand that people with intellectual disabilities have dreams also. And um, they can fulfill, if they have the right support and if they have the self-esteem of being able to want to not to be different, um, they can fulfill their American dream too. And it is a role model. You could be a role model in a situation for other people of your peers uh, when you choose to be able to be successful and want to be successful. And you're also a shining light to those in society that who really don't understand about people with intellectual disabilities, you can be a role model in the situation of saying of the people that who don't know about intellectual disabilities. Uh, they can be able to um, um, being able to be a role model um, for them because of the success that they see that the non-disability uh, population society can see um, what people with intellectual disabilities can be able to do. And that's truly important for everyone to hear, like you said. Now, with all of my guests at the end, I do ask a random question. I have a feeling I might already know the answer to this question, but it was the one I thought of prior. And my question for you is, what is your favorite TV show? San Francisco Giants baseball. <laughs> and I had a feeling you might say that. Are you do, you, do you make sure you watch every single game? Yes. One of the things that I end up doing, the Giants have a TV station and um, I have to be able to um, take a nap and make sure that I don't fall asleep during the game and, uh, and being able to make sure that um, I'll, this year was an exciting year because of all the wins that they got and everything. And so I've been through some years in a situation that where I watch them all the time and they're not successful. Um, and so uh, one of the things that I was so grateful for is um, being able to go to, I forget, I believe it was in uh, 2010, I was able to go to, um, the um, playoffs 
um, and being able to be a part of the playoffs and everything. Um, I did go to the World Series, um, which is one of my dreams uh, to be able to do, but I don't think that um, that will happen um, because um, of, um, of my situation and my health and everything and accessibility. They have accessibility, but one of the things that is very difficult is um, they change how you could buy tickets and you could buy tickets through StubHub instead of through the Giants ticket office. And so StubHub doesn't know the accessibility around the park and everything. And it's hard to be able to get accessibility seating. Um, uh, and so, um, that's my favorite <laughs> TV show. All right, that brings this episode to a close. And of course, if you are interested in reading Michael's book, I will leave a link that you can buy the book on Amazon. It was originally printed in 1999, but has been updated in 2019. So of course you can find it by the book title, but the link will be directly there for you. So feel free to go check it out. And of course, if you would like to connect with the podcast, our website is in the description, which will bring you all past episodes, social media pages, and of course, information for how to support the podcast monetarily. And also contact me if you'd like to be a guest is available in the description and on the website as well. So thank you, Michael, so much for spending time with me today. I've loved getting to hear your story and to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story. Until next time, bye. Bye-bye and thank you.